0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher
1: on VSIN.
2: All right, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN The Sports Betting Network. We welcome you in as we get to Monday night. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. And as we say good morning, good afternoon to Michael. This number flipped. Remember yesterday as you and I sat here, it was Cleveland Lane three and a hook. We've gone back the other way. Pittsburgh with a chance to make the postseason still two and a half. I see a book going to three, so we could end up at three, Michael.
1: Yeah, and we know this will be Big Ben's last game. I, I said this on, on Follow the Money with Mitch and Polly this morning, and I think it deserves repeating because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But tonight we could experience, for the love of the game, Billy Chapel in Yankee Stadium with Vince Scully doing the background. I mean, was there a better movie than that, really? Kelly Preston, you know, waiting at the airport for him. I mean, it was so perfect. You know, and Yankee stated to throw a no-hitter in his last – I mean, this is what Ben needs. We need Ben to really have that Billy Chapel moment, to come back and just touch that miracle that once was his career because it's over with after tonight. He's not going to play in Heinz Field ever again. He's probably not going to play football ever again. And we need this Billy Chapel moment, and I think the betting public acknowledges it, and that's why we're seeing the market go, oh, no, wait a minute. The Cleveland's been eliminated. Okay, I got that. Well, it was a nice dream. It was a nice thought, right?
2: <laughs> it was. It was. I like the build-up. You mentioned Browns were eliminated. The Bengals clinched the North. The Steelers, if they win tonight and they win against Baltimore and the Colts lose in Week 18, they could make the postseason. But then again, who did the Colts play in Week 18? The Jags. So yeah. that would have to. So again, Steelers have to win their final two, and the Colts have to lose to the Jags. That's probably not going to happen, Michael.
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, w- but the one thing is, I do think the motivation to play well around Big Ben is important, and that crowd tonight will be very much about Ben. They all know it. Everybody knows it. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know this is Ben's last game. You know, they won't. They won't announce it as official, but we all know it. Right. Yeah. And everybody does. And so the recognition of that will be important. And the players who are around Ben, you could see he doesn't, you know, he's still engaged with his teammates. So I don't feel like this is going to be a negative of what he is, you know, what, what they won't want to play at at the highest level for him. And what is the motivation for the Cleveland Browns? I mean, what is it, you know, to 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 play well, to play for what? What a disappointing season if you're a Cleveland Brown fan. You know, you had such high hopes, especially as well as you played earlier in the year. You were scoring a lot of points. Is this Baker Mayfield's last game for in Pittsburgh for the Cleveland Browns? Could be. We could yeah. see two last quarterbacks tonight, you know. Where's Baker going to go? Now, I know his wife has put out a lot of, of, of information comparing Baker to other quarterbacks, but let's just watch the game and I see, you know. and
2: yeah. I, well, so they picked up the fifth year, right? So again, they don't have yeah. to abide by that, and they're going to pay him. It's the rookie contract on the fifth year extension. But they could trade it. But See, they, they picked up the him. fifth
1: year. Gives you can trade him, so that they have him under. Now he's got to sign it, right? Yeah. He's got to sign that. No, I don't think he has to sign it. I think he it's doesn't. just an option that they renew. No, okay. so they could trade him at any moment.
2: So he okay, and he's competitive. So if he's not wanted, by even if he had to agree to it, you could you know he'd he'd be on his way out. But the Browns. If you want to add up disappointing seasons, I don't know how you juxtapose them to other teams, but this was a team that was picked, obviously, to make the postseason after last year going into Kansas City and playing so great.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, disappointing on almost every single level, you know, from offense to defense to the kicking game, you know, him not playing very well. I mean, even in the games they won, I mean, let's go back. I mean, the Cincinnati game in Cincinnati, since he turned the ball over in that game, but really, their inability to score points. I mean, you know, they barely beat uh, a Baltimore-wounded team. Baltimore had a chance to win that game late. They barely they, – they, they lose to – you know, they barely beat uh, – they couldn't beat the Raiders at 16-14. Now, I know they didn't have their quarterback at all that. And then the Packer game, they play as close as they can, but they couldn't score any – so, most of the year they couldn't score points. They scored seven against New England, 13 against Detroit, 10 against Baltimore the first time they played them. You know, even when they won it against Denver earlier in the year, and I know this with Case Keenum, but it was 17-14, F- scored 14 against Arizona. They couldn't score points most of the year.
2: Well, you just nailed it. First off, they're 2-5 and five on the road. They've averaged 16 points a game over their last 10. I understand that's not all Baker starts, but majority, and they're averaging 16. The, the Stefanski Rose has lost a bit of its bloom as well because that offense is not clicking at all.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and it's just I think what happens is once you declare who you are, then teams spend the off season studying mm-hmm. it, and then you've got to have a little bit of wrinkles and a little bit of of changes, and the fact that their offensive line hasn't been at full strength, losing the tackle Conklin certainly hurts, you know, and then Werfs got hurt during the season, so I mean it's it's been a little bit of a problem, and I, I think that when you look at it, you know Treader's been out at it's, it's at the guard position, so. It's not an easy, easy time for them at all. And and look, the guys that are hurt, you know, like the Kareem Hunt, the Malik Malik Jacksons, who are limited in practice. I mean, I even think Miles Garrett. I know he played last week, but he wasn't. He's not healthy. He's playing, but he's not healthy. How much do they play those guys in this situation?
2: Yeah, that's fair. And again, the Steelers edged the Browns, 15 to 10. That was in Cleveland. As a five and a half point road dog, they won outright on the on the field there, fifteen to ten, and that's twenty five. So you take a look at the total tonight. I'm a little surprised to see it go up. Both these teams on grass have been under teams. Michael, you take a look at Open Forty One. We've got 43-and-a-half across the board now.
1: Yeah, I mean that's surprising to me too, yeah. Patrick, because both these but but both defenses will give up some big plays. We know that. And, look, the the Steelers have been embarrassed. I mean, they have been embarrassed the last few weeks, right? I mean, if there's ever – they have to rise above it. They haven't played well defensively in in, in really a while. I mean, they gave up, you know, against Baltimore. You know, Baltimore was able to move the ball on them. uh, had a chance to win the game on the last play of the game. Lamar doesn't make a good throw. Minnesota put 458 yards, even though they made a storming comeback in that game on Thursday night. Tennessee, you know, really didn't do a whole lot offensively. They created four turnovers with their defense, but yet they, you know, they couldn't win that game. They lose. They win 19-13. Tennessee kind of gave it away. And then Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City just blew them out of the door. So, uh, to me, it was, uh, it's really, I just, but my man Bill Berman just came back from lunch, picking up lunch. Yeah. Let, me t- let Can I set the c- state scene here yeah, in please. Ocean City, New Jersey? We've got about eight inches of snow. The fact that we made it down here to this office is somewhat of a miracle. I didn't realize you guys got a
2: first blizzard over there. My goodness.
1: Oh, we got a blizzard, a, a, a blizzard, the power line, everything down. You know, it's like this is usually you get rain, not snow here. But this is you really have to want lunch to go out in this weather to go get <laughs> lunch. And, of course, the only place open to get lunch is Reddy's, which is the greatest place on the island.
2: What's, I was going to ask what's on the menu for you two.
1: I, I didn't get lunch because I'm going to go home and have lunch, but, he, you know, he, he got himself. They make him a special salad oh. down there at Reddy's because he is, you know, it's a little bit like Katie's Diner and nobody's fool. He is the man in that <laughs> restaurant, so.
2: so. Now, when you return home. I know that
1: was a sidebar no that's betting fu- show, that's totally, I mean, no it's I just it's I, I was thinking it was going to be bad weather today in Pittsburgh just because it's gonna of be what clear.
2: we're getting here. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in the 20s, but it's going to be clear, so the weather shouldn't play, as you just mentioned. Now, that's Berman's lunch. When you go home, is it still Going to be the containers with the the, the post-its yeah, or is absolutely. Millie back?
1: Uh, no, no, Millie's not. Millie won't be back. Millie, this is this is the this is unlike any road trip anybody's experienced. <laughs> trust me, this is. They call it a road trip, but it ain't a road trip. She's going on the roads for four it, it,
2: weeks straight, huh? From New England yeah, down no, to Carolina. Is, next,
1: when we do the show next Monday, she still won't oh my be goodness. back. They'll still be touring. Yes.
2: Oh my gosh. Now you just mentioned. The one, as far as the total jumping up a little bit, the Steelers run defense, it's the worst in football. I mean, they're allowing 142.7 per on the ground. They're going to be without, I think Schobert's out. I think Devin Bush is going to be on the COVID list as well. So they're going to be depleted on defense, and we understand Watt's not healthy.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, they give up their 32nd in the National Football League in yards per attempt, which is the key number. You know, they give up 4.8 yards every time somebody carries the ball. But you know, these are kind of these are numbers, but these are their familiarity between the two teams. The Steelers know how the the Browns want to run the ball, and I just feel there's a different level of play that you got to count on. If the Steelers don't win or don't have it tonight, then you know it's never coming back, and it's going to take more of a rebuilding than we thought because this is a game that they typically Mike Tomlin, you know, circles the wagons and gets everything kind of fixed for the moment.
2: I totally agree, and there's going to be a ton of juice at Heinz Field. Nobody started for more years consecutively for a franchise in NFL history than Ben. You know, it's such an odd stealer team. They can't run the football, and they can't stop the run. You know, Najee Harris, who they give the ball to a million times a game, he's averaging like three and a half, three seven a game. So they can't yeah, run. Mean, that 20, offensive line, as you they're, mentioned, they're, this has always been an issue the past few years. Oh, they
1: can't. I mean, they're terrible. I mean, look, and they can't throw it either. They're 25th in yards per attempt. I mean, and rushing the 30th in yards per, uh, 29th in yards per attempt. Uh, You know, so it's really, and, you know, look, they're 21st in scoring offense. They're 23rd in scoring defense. They're they're bad in almost every category. And they turn the ball over. And they don't create turnovers. You know, and they don't create, now the Tennessee game, they did create turnovers. And that was what's fortunate for them. And that'll be the difference tonight. You know, when they play good, they have to kind of find a way to create turnovers. And last time they played Kansas City, they turned the ball over three
2: times regardless of what happens, we told you yesterday on the Lombardi line, catching the three and a half was a gift. You take a look. Now it's two and a half. Everybody's going to three. It's every, the two and a half's juiced up. If it's not at three at most books. So it's going to close three. The Steelers are going to close a three point favorite. That's a six and a half point swing from yesterday.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we, but I, I felt like this was going to move to Pittsburgh just not because Cleveland getting eliminated. Who could have seen that, you know, with the Raiders winning in Indianapolis, which we'll talk about later. But the reality of it here is that, you, you know, this was always going to be Ben's last game. And to me, that hidden motivation was going to make this game more important without all the other stuff around it.
2: Yep, well put. We'll get to week 17 next coming up here on the Lombardi line. You're looking 11 of 14 playoff spots have been secured. So that means there are three open. Six of eight divisions have been decided. So, of course, you got two left to go. The Packers last night secure the one seed, Michael. So they're not going to be trying against my Lions next week. Maybe an opportunity for them to roar. Uh, The Eagles clinch. Broad Street ready to go. They're going to be in there as far as a wild card. And the Titans and the AFC are sitting right now on the one seed. We shall see as they face the Texans in week 18. Plenty to get to. We'll recap week 17 and see what we can take moving forward into week 18 betting wise from Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi Linus presented
0: by BetMGM. To the Lombardi line on V featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
1: Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay,
2: BetMGM football season is here. It's time to download the app, BetMGM.com, or just simply go to the app store. It's BetMGM. Remember, if you're here in town, you bring that state-issued ID to any MGM property. When you do, you're ready to bet within minutes. Must be 21 years or older, physically located here in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem. Call one 800 522 Forty seven hundred. Okay, we close out Monday night tonight, week seventeen with the Browns Steelers in division. Steelers can stay alive. They're two and a half, but that number's going to three. So again, if you like the Steelers, you can find a two and a half right now. It's hanging out there, but everybody's juiced up, headed to three. The Browns, of course, were Lane three and a half yesterday, but got eliminated as Michael mentioned. And, you know, you, the flex, you mentioned San Diego, Oh, pardon of me, Los Angeles. And you mentioned the Raiders, yeah. Las Vegas. I got to get those straight. Well, they've been flexed to next Sunday night here, just a couple of miles down the road, because it's a win and you're in for the chargers and the Raiders here at Allegiant stadium, Michael.
1: You know, we talked about it on the show yesterday how that was going to be a hard game for Indianapolis, particularly with knowing Carson Wentz could easily turn into Ricky Fowler when the moment got so big and not having practice. And I think that's what happened yesterday. I think if you watch that game, even his touchdown pass, which should have been an interception, he did not bring the, he, he did not do his part. He really didn't. He cost them in the sense that, you know, he wasn't able to make easy throws and easy guys open. Even the t- the touchdown pass, nobody was open, and he threw it, and he got away with it. So that was a huge disappointing loss for the Colts. I don't think it changes anything. They'll win next week in ja- this Sunday in Jacksonville. I don't know if they could set that line high enough because I was the idiot that said sixteen and a half is too much for Jacksonville versus New England. It's sixteen by the way. Thirty nine <laughs> and a half. Thirty nine and a half wasn't enough yeah. for. Yep that game you could have taken 39 and a half and covered you know so uh you know jacksonville with all their players out and and look let's face it you know i love trevor lawrence coming out in the draft and he has not looked very good to me if you're the con family you better figure out why he doesn't look good why he doesn't look good but also how he can get fixed because that's your franchise that's your franchise and if you don't no matter before you hire the head coach, you better figure that problem out. And then when you figure that problem out, then go hire the head coach.
2: Yep, that's fair. I love how we have fun with these numbers, right? So we said if Jonathan Taylor rushes for 100 yards or more, they're going to win the football game. Well, he did. They're now 9-1 and one when he rushes for 100 right. yards or more. And that number closed eight and a half. So the number was getting away from the Raiders. They win it outright. there. Props to Derek Carr, and you you have information, and I know you can give us as much as you can give us, but whether or not he's going to be a Raider next year, I don't know, but I thought that fourth quarter, I mean, the dude showed some guts.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, he, he did. I mean, he made a couple, the throw he makes to, uh, to, to Renfro? Hunter Renfro on the, uh, Renfro late in the game Great. just got it over that was good and normally when he scrambles in the pocket he doesn't make a play that's one of the criticisms I've always had with him is when it's a loose play he doesn't seem to deliver and he did on that play and and give the Raiders some mental toughness bu- bumps too you know they were they were willing I saw Marcus Mariota Patrick I don't know if you noticed this He's but fired up. I saw him actually give fi- he was like that's the most fired up I've ever seen him in his career ever.
2: I totally He
1: was truly into it. You know, usually Marcus, his background is more of a follower than a leader, which always hurts him as as the marquee starting quarterback. He's kind of very docile, doesn't really want to take charge. That was really impressive. I mean, you could sense from that how important that game was to the Raiders. And remember, that was another game that you know, these lines that closed way above what the number was, none of those I don't think worked out very well. I think when you look at it and you break it down, Thomas Gable sent me a text here, and I'm going to get it here and read it, because I think it was, it was one of about six games where there was significant line movement and that line didn't really, didn't really justify, and and all those line movements ended up costing them. Hold
2: on, I'll get you. Got it the eleven three straight up on the favorite seven six and one ATS on Sunday. All right, yeah, he, please go ahead. Here we go.
1: Yeah, here we go. Eagles four and a half to six. That was the loser, right? Bucks thirteen and a half to fourteen and a half loser. Colts seven to eight and a half loser. Rams five and a half closed at seven loser. Patriots sixteen and a half closed at seventeen and a half. That was the winner. And then Seattle, opened at 7.5, went to 9, loser.
2: And as you mentioned, uh, the Raiders, with a straight-up win as the number went away from them, it's funny because now you just mentioned a spirited effort. You got to give credit to the interim head coach keeping these kids up and keeping the dudes up. Yeah. If they make, if they make the postseason and they make and they win a game, the, he's going to get hired. Like you know. I don't
1: think so. I I think Mark Davis has done a really good job of saying to everybody who's trying to circle around the Raider job, I'm not going to talk about the got opening it. until after the season. Got it. And so I think he's kind of I think he knows now. I think they they suspect from sources in the league there's a lot of suspicion that they're going to reshape the organization. And what does that mean for Mayock? I don't know. But I think there's going to be a a different spin on this organization. And maybe Basacci stays as a special teams coach because he's done such a wonderful job and they like him. But as a head coach, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay,
2: there you go. And then so just to point out, we got it flexed on Sunday night. The Chargers are coming to town. The irony of – the team, the, the most people from L.A. that come to Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, ironically, are going to be Raiders fans. You, see, you know what I'm saying? Like the Chargers fans yeah. are not coming. They're, they don't exist in L.A. So it's going to be Raiders fans here, and then Charger fans are going to stay wherever they are in San Diego, and then the Raider fans from L.A. will come here. Uh, here's the number. Number open Chargers 2 has been bet up to three at a few shops, mostly two and a half. So we've got two and a half three Chargers laying it here in Vegas next Sunday night.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny. The Chargers yesterday were not aggressive going forward on fourth down, kicked field goals different than what they were typically of. And, you know, the, the Broncos played a game without a quarterback like we talked about, you know, and, who, and as I, I had it in a, in a no-can-do game because uh, John Oates played because how can you trust Drew Locke? You know, and they were missing so many players with COVID. So the Chargers kind of got warmed up, and they have gotten through the COVID. So this is going to be a true test on the Chargers' defense, I think, this week. Can they play good run defense, and can they attack this secondary, which I think you can of the Raiders?
2: The other game, which was just fireworks nonstop, Michael, in Cincinnati, Kansas City. And, oh my I mean the Burrow Chase thing is starting to get ridiculous, but that was a nice little comeback. It shows some gut there, guts from a team in Cincinnati that maybe that's the one thing we were waiting on, that medal. And we got it yesterday. Kansas City ends up closing three and a half. Cincinnati a winner thirty four to thirty one.
1: You know, now this is one line that went from five down to three and a half and one for you, if, if, you uh, if you took the Bengals. But I think the reality here was Ron Tolbert played a big part in this game, his crew. Uh, you know, he missed, Patrick, I don't know if you noticed, but he missed a huge, huge a false start penalty on yep. the fourth down play. He just blatantly missed it. It's, you know, it should be fourth and six, and the, 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 the Chiefs are going to get the ball back, and we're probably going to go to overtime, and who knows what's going to happen. You know, I didn't approve of the decisions what Zach Wilson was doing. He got away with it, luckily, by the flags of Tolbert uh, twice. And, uh, you know, he kind of got bailed out. And, look, I just don't understand how you can watch that game and continue to leave single coverage on Jamar Chase. You guys just don't know how you do that. Like, third and 27, all right, we're just going to ask Snead to go out there and cover him one-on-one. And even when he's covered, he's open. He just out jumps you, out physicals you, he gets the ball. Like, how do you do that? Like, how does that happen? Like, doesn't somebody go over and say, Steve, double a guy? (laughs) Like, I promise you, in a playoff game, they're going to double him. I mean, how do you not double him? Like, how bad have we gotten in this league? You know, I mean, like, I'm watching Notre Dame play, and Meyer's single-covered all the time. I mean, okay, that's college. I get that. But then I watch the NFL, and, like, when are we going to double this guy? I get it's hard to double Cooper Cup. I get it because he's moving in and out. Chase is lined up in one spot. You can go get him.
2: You can play, You can treat him like a gunner on the punt team. Historic performance, Michael recorded the most receiving it yards in a single game by a rookie two sixty six. He also had three touchdowns to his name. He had that big thirty yard reception on the game winning drive. I mean, and he's, that he was third and twenty seven. Patrick, third, it was third and 27: That's 27 third and twenty
1: seven. Yeah. You're going to get the ball back. Just make them, you know, make them, you know, catch it over your head. Play cover three. Play the ball in front of you, like you're playing man to man on third and 27. Like, and, and you have a re- And Tolbert's been calling penalties on. Pe- they had 10 penalties called on them. Like, isn't that the time to play a little blitz zone and just okay? Keep the ball in front of us. If we give up a field goal, no big deal. But make them punt it. But make them not get the let. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, it was really a poor job by the defensive staff, Spagnola, and the coach. If you had Kansas City and they bet in that game, and they only and you scored 28 in the first quarter, you think you're going to win that game because they only they only scored three in the second half.
2: We can further
1: discuss. Yeah, they no. went punt, punt. They only had three possessions in the second half. I know,
2: it, and I want to further discuss it, Michael. But 58 seconds to go, score tied 31-31. The Bengals go for it fourth and go from the Chiefs one Mixon and short on the pass offsetting penalties. They do it again. It's now 50 seconds. Remember Kansas City had a timeout. They go for it again. Tyler Boyd incomplete penalty on the Chiefs. They then run out the clock and kick it. That's the scenario for Taylor. I had visions of you throwing the remote control at the television oh, when, that, was... when that was happening. Hey, by the way, next gen stats say he did the right thing. My guess is of Lombardi. Course. Lombardi stats say, of course, no. They've I never, thought he should. Next gen's it. never coached. Ne- I I totally agree. I, I was screaming, "You got to kick it." We'll come back and discuss that. Also, Thomas Gable next
0: here at Lombardi Line. To the Lombardi Line
1: on Vsin featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again,
2: here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Vsin has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year possible. It's the Big Game, Big Dance Special. Now through April 5th, 2022, only $69. You get the Big Game Betting Guide, College Hoops Betting Guide, Daily Best Bets, 24/7 Video, everything we offer. Essentially, just go to vsn.com/slash/big deal. It's under 70 bucks for everything through April 5th, vcin.com slash big deal. we got you back here in Lombardi line. Of course, we'll close out Monday night football tonight in division with the Steelers, who are still alive, Michael Lombardi. They're going to be hosting the Browns, who yeah. have been eliminated. Uh, most books are going to three. We can bring in Thomas Gable now, who runs the race and sports book at the Borgata, and get an idea. Good morning, good afternoon, Thomas. Are we going to end up at three with the Steelers laying do you think?
3: Certainly could see that. Um, you know, that that's his off the, the high Browns were favored at three and a half uh, at one point, and you know last night it flipped, and now the Steelers are two and a half. But yeah, as you said, certainly moving towards three. Uh, we have an even tick account here at the moment. More money on the Steelers, though, and could, certainly could be um, Ben's last game there in Pittsburgh uh, for the Steelers fans.
1: You know, I, I kind of get the sense. I thought this line would move. We talked yesterday, and you kind of had even money on it, which, which I thought once that you know people realize that it is Ben's last game, and there's more motivation uh, that it would. But I never anticipated moving this much. Are now people coming back on the Browns at all, Thomas?
3: Uh, slightly, not not too much Browns action. I mean, once they got eliminated, you know, what do they have left to play for? Um, I think certainly the Browns could, if they want to, they could absolutely run the ball here on this Pittsburgh defense. I, I'm not sure if that that's going to be the game plan or not for them tonight. I mean, I don't know what, uh, what Baker what they're going to end up doing with Baker. Um, you know, he may just be making commercials with Alice Cooper next year. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, the commercials aren't terrible. Yeah. We got to be fair, Michael. He's not oh, terrible no. in the commercials. Come on. The,
1: enough already. All right. Like, I mean, I'll take more of you know. When does you know group two? Any ballpark group two? I like that. Those, but not <laughs> not enough. Baker.
2: The the seven six and one as far as ATS yesterday for the favorites. Let's get an idea of where you landed at the book on a Sunday.
3: We actually did pretty good uh, in the NFL yesterday. Not as good as last Sunday but certainly was a good day and you know the early slate we came out really good on um, with the the Colts losing outright uh, Tampa uh, not covering and and coming back late there to to beat the Jets Um, you know the Eagles we got unless you got the best of the Eagles number which was open at three and a half uh, you didn't you didn't cash that either Uh, so that certainly helped us and the uh, the Chiefs Bengals, we had even about even money on that, so no big decision on that one. And the um, uh, the the Rams Ravens game also obviously was uh, a, a nice one, nice result for us with the, the Rams not being able to cover either.
1: Hey, Thomas, going into week 18, how are you going to, how much of the motivating factor are you going to kind of separate? I know you've got your lines up, but did you separate it from, okay, these two teams have no motivation. It's going to be, I don't know what the game is. I mean, how much have you added to that? And then have you, and the other games that do, like the Raiders and the Chargers and the 49ers and the Rams, those are more, to me, they're more bettable games than the other ones because you're trying to play mind games with the others.
3: Sure. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to take that into your handicap, uh, you know, as far as motivation goes. And more importantly also, are are players going to be resting? Uh, You know, uh, I don't know who New England's going to be playing. Uh, You know, I don't know if Belichick's going to be resting players. Uh, And so there's many different scenarios in all these different games that are going on. That you have to take into account when you handicap this is the most difficult week to me uh every every season to to handicap you know it's yeah, interesting michael right. michael how about really this one do. kansas
2: city so all th- the titans have to do is beat the texans and they're the one seed so again they get the bye they get home field throughout which is fascinating for Vrabel. but then kansas city so kansas city if they were to have if the titans were to lose to the texans kansas City goes to denver if they beat denver and that happens where the Titans were to lose to the Texans, they'd get the one seed. But it's like the motivation going into Denver. I guess you just got to keep the foot on the gas, right?
1: But they're gonna know, right? Isn't Tennessee playing early? No, ten- Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee is playing on
2: Saturday. They got flexed. The, the oh, pardon of me, Tar- part, pardon me, Michael. Kansas City, so they're gonna they're gonna have to win their game, and then the Titans are gonna play the next day. So they're gonna they're gonna go right. full bore.
1: Yeah. No doubt. Because they're playing early, they're going to have to go full bore, and and Denver's going to probably not. I don't know if they'll play Bridgewater in that game, or you know it's Vic's last game as the head coach of the Broncos. You know, how much juice do they have? I mean, the number's at nine and a half. That's going to get to 12 before next week. I can promise you that.
2: Absolutely. And then, Thomas, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you know, that number could adjust based on what happens tonight, right? Because if Pittsburgh wins tonight, they stay alive.
3: Right. Yes. So they have, uh, they have motivation. I mean, right now you're looking at Baltimore uh, laying points, but that could, that could certainly change with a, with the Pittsburgh win tonight. Um, yeah. And you mentioned the, uh, the Titans Texans game right now, Tennessee laying 10 and a half in, uh, in that one in Houston. Yep. Um, in Houston. Yep. yep.
2: The game, how about the Sunday night flex? We were talking about Michael and myself, uh, the chargers at Vegas here uh, winning your in where are you sitting there at the Borgata?
3: So, Chargers are laying two and a half. That that's going to be going to three uh, momentarily as well. Totals forty-eight and a half in that one. Um, you know, the Raiders. Uh, I, I don't think anyone really expected them to pull out a victory yesterday. Um, and there, I mean, what a what a season for them. I mean, what a shocking, like just so many twists and turns in the, in the Raiders season this year. It's uh, really unbelievable with everything that has happened to that team, both on and off the field.
1: Yeah, it really is. And and the resiliency, I think, that they showed yesterday. I mean, after the last road trip, getting humiliated in Kansas City at at a 10 o'clock start for them and then showing up and playing well. And Wentz had a lot to do with it, too. Let's not let's be fair here. And I think that's why the Chargers are the road favorite here is because Wentz had a lot to do with that. They could have easily lost that game, and I thought there was a time they were going to, especially when, the, when the, the Colts had the ball in almost field goal range and they couldn't convert some third downs to wide open receivers. So, But hats off. I think the resiliency that this team has showed is certainly de- deserving of a praise. I don't know if they can do it against the Chargers pass offense, though, this week.
2: The, how about Philly, who did win? They don't cover, obviously, the six. It's funny, you know, that Philly-Washington, Thomas, and Rams-Baltimore game kind of played out similarly, right, where the dog was winning most of the game, and then the Rams and then Philly collectively came back and won. They needed the wins there.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, they, the favorites came back to win. Now, the only difference was if you got the Eagles at three and a half, you passed your ticket. The Rams, you weren't cashing any tickets with them, so. uh... But the Eagles, I mean, listen, they're they now have uh, this game against Dallas. They got flexed to Saturday. Uh, Cowboys currently laying three. You know, you're going to see three, three and a half um, in the market right now for that one. The seeding's pretty much done. I mean, you know, Dallas, they're going to be the uh... pretty much locked into the four seed. The Eagles, the six seed, they could go as high as the six seed, I guess. Uh, but Dallas really hurt by penalties uh, in that game against Arizona. Ten penalties for 88 yards, and obviously they were blaming the officials uh, afterwards for that loss, but that was definitely a costly one.
1: Guess who was the official, Patrick? Guess who was there? Mr. Mr. Novak. Mr. Novak. And here's the thing. I can't wait to see if my man gets a playoff game because if he gets a playoff game, then all his penalties are justified because the league office enjoys watching him too. (laughs)
2: that is that's hilarious and shout to femi femi had the arizona cardinals coming off that three game. he was all over
1: it. he was dancing on that yeah i mean i could hear him screaming in there yeah
2: (laughs) it was a nice call we
3: we had some uh we had some arizona money line uh wagers here in that uh the cash i mean we there was a little decision on that on that game but um uh the the biggest decision was the, in the late slate was this Seattle and the Lions game Patrick your lines unfortunately didn't come through for us there yeah. they couldn't keep it close enough
2: the over certainly came through 51 29 for Seattle <laughs> that it did how about that it? Did. Uh, did you did you have were you sweating at all the uh, the Jets uh Tampa Bay game
3: no no we were we were fine with that and um it, you know it, as long as Tampa wasn't going to cover that yeah that was going to be a good result for us didn't matter if the jets won outright or not i mean it could have eliminated some money line parlays i guess but uh for the most part with the colts were included in a lot of money line parlays as well and uh they blew the, all those up
2: okay so we wow. got we got a minute so your thoughts i i do believe you're gonna i think you're gonna close three maybe it gets gobbled up and goes back to two and a half but right now you sit where with pittsburgh hosting cleveland
3: yeah, so two-and-a-half currently, and uh, I think you're right, Patrick. It's certainly the the market is trending in that direction towards uh, the key number of three. And, um, you know, again, I think uh, it's Pittsburgh that has all the motivation here in this one if, if you're taking that into uh, your handicap uh, for tonight's game. KTG
2: racing sports book director over at the Be borgata. careful driving
1: tg be yeah man you gotta yeah, be careful it's a out there,
2: out there. <laughs> get the chains on the tires bro thomas gable director <laughs> of the racing sports book there at the borgata in atlantic city where they've got a blizzard going on coming up next will hill joins us here on the lombardi line presented by bet it's v sin the sports betting network
0: to the Lombardi line on Vsin featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
2: BetMGM, the king of sports books welcomes you with the lock of the year simply place a $10 money line wager on Cleveland or Pittsburgh tonight if either team scores a touchdown you're going to win the $200 paid for in free bets regardless of your bets outcome so just use the bonus code vsin 200 B-S-I-N 200 when you make your first bet over at BetMGM enjoy football like you've never enjoyed it before Again, MGM Resorts Nationwide. Download the app or go to the BetMGM.com website. Use the bonus code VSIN, VSIN 200. Cleveland or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown. You're going to win it. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Lombardi line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network as we close out week 17 tonight. Steelers, we officially have it, Michael, at 3. You heard Thomas Gable, two and a half. Our assumption is it gets to three. The totals jumped up to 43 and a half. We welcome in Will Hill, New York City cast over at vsun.com slash podcast. And uh, did, did you get sad saying goodbye to Mike Zimmer last night? And I, it's, it's, it's officially over as Minnesota loses the Green Bay 37 to 10 last night. Will Hill.
0: I actually enjoyed it. It was very peaceful. You know, I don't know that Sean Mannion is the answer going forward. Uh, I would like them to clean house. Spielman, cousin, Zimmer. I just think it's really hard for Cousins with his salary to build the proper team around him. I think it's time for everyone to move on. I mean, look, this is three out of four years missing the playoffs. This is four out of six years. Everyone can talk about Spielman and his great drafts and he's great with personnel. Uh, I just think it's probably time to move on and kind of start from scratch, which is tough because this is probably – it's a playoff-caliber team with the right coach. Look, if Belichick coaches team, they probably win 11 or 12 games. But look, it's just – uh, it's, it's not a title team And I, I think with the salary They just keep kicking the can down the road Paying Cousins, giving them extensions uh, I would just look for the next guy And try to you know take your lunch for a year
1: well, it doesn't sound like the next guy's Kellen Mond because they asked Mike Zimmer after the game, did he want to see more of Kellen Mond, and he said no, he's seen enough of him in practice. Which I wasn't a big Kellen Mond fan. No. Kellen Mond's the perfect example of a quarterback who has no anticipation, right? He can't really, you know, he can't throw a guy open. He's got to see him open to make the throw. But you know, Will, I don't think it's as easy as just let's get rid of let's get rid of Cousins and move on. I mean, I think I think when you look at next year, I think they they've got liability with Cousins. And it's going to be expensive to get rid of him. So, you know, I, I mean, I think that's going to be a real issue.
0: Yeah, it would have to be a gap year where you just take your lumps. You say, you know what, we're not going to compete next year. We'll get off some of this money. And you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a situation where, you, you you, know, you cut Cousins, you trade Cousins, and you expect to compete next year. You take two steps you know, backwards to hopefully take a step forward in the future. I'm not sure they're going to do that. My guess is they probably won't. But, well, uh, you know, he's I, it got depends. 30, uh, I'm going to be got, who they bring in.
1: I mean, he's got thirty-five million guaranteed. Yeah. You got to get somebody to take that thirty-five million guaranteed off your off your hook. I mean, or else you're liable for it, and I mean, you know, which is going to be a real problem. I mean, this is this is what happens when you when you make that mistake with the quarterback, and then you don't draft somebody. It's one thing to give them that contract, but they never they never got anybody to replace them. If you were in charge, if you took face. over today, what would what would you do? What would you
0: do if you if you took I can't, over today? What would you do? I'm not I'm not gonna
1: have, I'm gonna keep him for a year and draft a guy. I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna count on Kellamond. Mond. I'm not. I was never a Kellen Mond fan. You know, I, I like Davis Mills better than Kellen Mond. I mean, I, I I thought he was at least had more of a chance to throw the pro game. I mean, Kellen Mond was. I got to see it open before I throw yeah. it. But I got to keep the 35 million. Well, I can't dump the 35 million. Where am I gonna go? I got to pay it. If I cut him and if I could talk somebody into it, which I think would be rather hard, you know, then it's, you know, who's got $35 million to walk into it?
2: The problem with the next team would be they'd have to give him a contract, right? He's up for a contract, so he'd have to pay the thirty-five, Michael, then set him up with a new contract. I'm watching Calamon in college. The fact that he's in the pros to me is hilarious. I, the idea that that guy that,
1: that he that he got praised when he got drafted. Of oh, my God, what a great like, – like Will said, you you watch know, Rick him? Spielman, he's got a great PR machine. Like it's unbelievable, right? It's like every guy's great. And, you know, some guys have that ability to, to do that, and, and, and yet you don't see it. It's so Mon had – you know, Jimbo coaches Mon, you know. I mean, Jimbo's another PR machine. When is You know, Jimbo just got 27 five-star recruits. Let's see how much they win going forward at A&M. We'll see. But it's, it's all not like PR and sixth... you've got to separate it.
0: Yeah, it's not like he went in the sixth round either. I mean, he's the first pick of the third round. He's the 66th pick. That's a a pretty high pick, and he couldn't even beat out Mannion for the backup job, which is, uh, I think, an indictment of everybody. It's an indictment of Mon. It's an indictment of who made the pick.
2: Yeah, no. Zimmer said it best. I've seen, an, I see him every day. Uh, we saw him yeah. for we saw him for 12 years at a and We know Kellen Mann is not a pro. <laughs> um, so we saw Lance yesterday. I didn't think Lance was any good. However, they were playing obviously a team in Houston that's not. And this is a late cover. Nice job by you, Ooh. Will. Cover cover it. But this was a San Francisco team that desperately needs Garoppolo.
0: Yeah, they do. They're not a contender without Garoppolo. As much as Garoppolo, you know, we can uh, have different opinions about, uh, on him. I think he's underappreciated, underrated at times, even though he makes some some bad decisions, some tough throws. They're a contender with Jimmy G. I, I really like the talent. They got some guys in the, the front seven. They got some skill players. I mean, Samuel's as good as anybody. But Lance, I mean, uh, that's a tough one. He, you know, Like I said yesterday, he's a year away from being a year away. It's like he doesn't have a real good feel for the position, when to run, when not to run. They were kind of lucky to get away with a win there. Right? They threw an interception, and then what? It got stripped, but they ruled forward progress. That was a really strange call. I thought a bad call that kind of swung that game. They were probably going to win anyway, but uh, that was a tough one is that the 49ers covered late.
1: Yeah, and they, they scored 20 points in the second half, and the, and the Texans couldn't really do anything. And I think that call really changed the game. I mean, on critical downs, they tried to run Trey Lance, and he showed no burst or acceleration. And then the, 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 the Texans' defensive players just ran to him. He, now he made some – I mean, give him credit. He made some open throws to guys, but the offense made it easy for him. And it's going to be interesting. There was – somebody sent me a video this morning. Did you guys see this of the, the Chargers quarterbacks and the 49ers quarterbacks competing at practice? It's a fascinating video, right? And uh, you can see Lance really struggles with his accuracy, and you saw it in this game. His accuracy is very much like Josh Allen. He doesn't run like Josh Allen. He doesn't run with that power or that burst, but his accuracy is very inconsistent. And... And like Will said, I mean, he's a judge machine. He throws it so violently hard, it's hard to catch. It's like yesterday, Josh Allen's throwing 90-mile-an-hour fastballs in the snow, and he's wondering why Stefan Diggs doesn't catch it. He's got, he's got to break three fingers if you catch that ball, <laughs> you know? And so it, it was hard, but I, I don't. I, I agree with you. They if, if they have any chance to beat the Rams this week, they have to have oh. Garoppolo back in the game. There's Absolutely. no doubt.
2: Absolutely. Will, I asked Michael about this and we didn't get it. We were going to break though. What did you think of Zach Taylor going for a twice tied oh 31 my 31? God!
0: The end of that game was the strangest thing you'll ever see. Uh, Chase catches the ball. It's first down at the 11 with 3:10 left the clock stopped and the chiefs don't get the ball back. They had all their timeouts in the two minute warning. I don't know if since he was trying not to score, it seemed like they were purposely not sticking the ball out to get in the end zone. I actually thought at one point the Chiefs should let him score because you weren't going to get the ball back. Otherwise, uh, you know, kicking the field goal, not kicking the field goal, I could go either way. I think if you kick the field goal with a minute left, you're giving Mahomes the ball back with 50-something seconds. Bucker's a good kicker. You're probably going to overtime, and it becomes a coin toss game. I probably would have gone for it, but I wouldn't have gone with the shotgun there. I thought Taylor really got bailed out going shotgun, throwing the ball like that. you got a 6'4 quarterback. If you're going to go for it, just, you know, line up under center and QB sneak it. That was a uh, a really bizarre last three minutes of that game. Yeah, and and, and
1: let's not take Ron Tolbert and excuse him because it was really, the the Chiefs should have got the ball back. It was uh, uh, illegal. I mean, we can debate the pass interference calls. The one on Higgins over by the Bengals bench on third down was really a bad call for me. But but keeping that out of it, I mean, you know, because they're going to make bad calls on pass interference because no one knows really what it is. But the the false start, I mean, the false start, and the Chiefs players are pointing at it. I mean, they're pointing right at it. And they didn't jump off sides Chiefs, because they didn't.
0: Yeah, no, I thought the Chiefs were to blame, though, too. I thought they got really conservative. They got the big lead, and it's almost like they were trying to pace the game too much, running the ball. They they really took their foot off the gas, and Hill had a bad drop before the half. Uh, look, I know he's great. He's look, scary to bet against, scary to play against. That was three points he dropped at the end of the first half. Mahomes threw the ball like 80 yards. And that's a devastating loss. They're not going to be the one seed now. I mean, you're going to have to go on the road. You're going to have to play three games just to get to the Super Bowl. That's a tough loss. And I thought the Chiefs got painfully conservative the second half of that game.
1: Tonight. And it cost them. I mean, they scored three points, and it didn't. And the other thing is, too, well, they didn't have the ball. They had two drives of six plays, and had a punt. Yeah. And then they had a field goal yeah. drive. And other than that, you're right. I mean, if you you know, no matter how big of a, how many points, you've got to score. You've got to get first downs in the fourth quarter. You've got to. The Jets got four first downs in the fourth quarter. Hit, they get
2: five. They win the game. Cincinnati makes it makes it exciting either way. It seems to week to week tonight. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. It's going to th- – it's three pretty – I'll give you two and a half if you want it, Will. Pittsburgh laying it. What do you got?
0: I wouldn't lay it just because you're missing the best number. Obviously, the Steelers, uh, more motivated teams still in it. Big Ben at home. There'll be some juice in that building. One thing to keep in mind for this last week, teams that are out of it versus teams that are motivated, it's counterintuitive. The teams that are out of it, you actually they're actually profitable because the line you know gets over-accounted for the motivation. The team that's out of it can kind of play loose, loosey-goosey. Uh, We saw last year the Browns were 10-point favorites against the Steelers. Steelers had nothing to play for. Steelers covered. Same things with Jags, Colts last year. So I actually lean towards taking the Browns here plus the three.
2: Okay. Take t- again, and that's a great distinction. If you do like the Browns, you can get the three. If you do like the Steelers, you can lay the th- two and a half. But as Michael and I mentioned yesterday, and Will, you just said it—you're not getting the best of it because you could have got the Steelers catching three yeah. and a half yesterday. And as Michael mentioned, the motivation was always going to be there in Ben's last game, so the three and a half yep. was yep. just sitting there staring you in the face yesterday. If you're be- if you're a better, these key moves are very important. Will, thank you, buddy. It's com slash podcast for the New great York City job. Cast. Appreciate you. All right, see you guys. Okay, Cards, Cowboys, into the postseason. What does Michael take away from yesterday? We'll find out. Then step into my office here on the Lombardi line.